Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. All right, and welcome to Solution from the Huddle. Uh, I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. We are so excited that you are taking a few moments to listen to our show. We know that there's about, I don't know, four or five million other things you could be doing with your time. Um, And this particular show is being recorded during the COVID-19 issue. So we know that there there is so many things. There's TV shows, there's movies. We're competing with your attention right now. But I want to say thank you for giving it to us. We start every show the same way. We've done this now uh, for over 100 shows, and, and we start in prayer. And how fitting that we would uh, also start this particular show that way as well. So we ask that you'll join us. Lord, we give you thanks for all things. We ask that you would bless the show, the guests, our, our sponsors, everyone involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay, so uh, if this is uh, maybe one of your first times listening to Solution from the Huddle, again, my name is Titus Bartolotta, and we're talking about business and life topics on this program. We bring local, national, even international experts, uh, pseudo-celebrities, so to speak, right? These are people that have won and championed business. These are folks that are innovative, creative, uh, and we want to bring them on so they can tell their story and speak knowledge and wisdom into the area of, of their greatness. And so today, the topic is the solution from today's huddle is COVID-19. And we're talking about really what does that mean for our, our econ, uh, economic situation, right? For the small business, for big business. What does it mean for the workers in America right now? The guest that we have on the program is a very good friend of mine. She's a, a local community leader. She's extraordinarily engaged and involved. Uh, Kim Baker is our guest. She's the owner of Baker HR Services, um, which is an HR consulting agency. And and Kim specifically has over 25 years of experience in human resources. Kim, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Titus, for having me today. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Very good. Hey, listen, Kim, uh, I want to get right into it because we've got a short show and um, we want to get really into some detailed information. But Let's just start here. COVID-19. I mean, these are some crazy, crazy times. Am I right? Absolutely. It's It's been amazing. It's been really difficult on all of us being cooped up, and especially on businesses. I mean, they've had to pivot several times, um, having short notice to move everyone to remote work or close business or modify their business model from full service, feeding people to take out. And it's, it's really been hard on business. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, you're the HR expert right now. You're dealing with these business owners that are trying to figure out their compliancy situations, uh, so on and so forth. Can you can you kind of give me a little bit of insight on as to what, what what are some of the questions that you're getting from business owners right now in the midst of all of this? Right. So uh, top of mind for businesses right now is their employees and wanting to have their their business survive, but they're really concerned about their employees and making sure they're taken care of. So we get a lot of questions about unemployment and how it works. Uh, North Carolina recently expanded unemployment benefits uh, due to COVID-19, making it easier for people to get it. They've waived the one week uh, waiting period that you typically have to wait. 
Uh, they waive the usual requirements to be able to look for work. You can do much of everything online. Uh, so the idea is that hopefully this will blow over and you will be able to rehire the same people. Um, and they also have waived uh, unemployment charges to employers, so it won't impact their rates going forward uh, because of COVID-19. They've also extended some um, reasons for someone to be out. Uh, so you're, if you're unable to work because of illness due to COVID-19 or suspected illness, that would be a qualifying reason. Um, also, you're unable to work because of doctor's orders due to high risk. Um, maybe you have an underlying illness that makes you more susceptible to COVID-19 and you're recommended to stay home. Um, also, uh, caring for someone who has COVID-19 illness or suspected of that illness um, and they're under doctor's orders maybe because they're high risk. All those reasons are reasons that you can get unemployment, which wasn't present before. Uh, so, so Kim, let me ask you this. You're, I'm listening to you say um, you either have COVID-19 or you're caring for someone that has it or, or that, that, that they might have it, right? It's speculated. How, how are people needing to, um, and maybe this isn't an area that you can speak to, but maybe it is, how are, how are folks going to communicate when they're, when they're going to apply for this? Do they need to have doctor's notes? If, if, if there's just a speculation or if somebody is being told, you know, as we're being heard in America here, if, if you even feel as though you've got these things, self-quarantine, stay home. So maybe you haven't actually spoken with a doctor. Maybe there isn't a note. How are you communicating that information, you know, from an unemployment standpoint? So that is a winning unemployment case. Right. So you apply online and you indicate that is the reason. Typically, um, how they work is they work with your employer and verify, you know, are they working? Are they not working? Um, is it a valid reason? And then they go from there. So um, shouldn't be any doctor's note needed as far as I'm aware. Okay, very good. So, but um, so it's also part-time and full-time people are eligible. People who have re their hours reduced are also available to get uh, unemployment as well. And they just apply online to uh, des.nc.gov, applyunemployment.com. Um, okay. So there's an online place for them to go. That's where they're going to apply. And then if approved, the one week uh, waiting period has been waived. Is that right? That's correct. Now, how long generally does, does that take, right? I mean, it, if they've waived the one week, um, that's great. But just the process itself, is there any information or data that speaks to how long from the moment someone applies right, our great workers here um, in this country apply for it, how long until they get an answer back that says you've been approved or, or no, you've not been approved? So there, there, it's been an overwhelming response uh, of how many people have applied. So it's un unusual territory. So they're gotcha. trying to work through it as fast as they can. Okay. Uh, and then um, I, I found too, people are having trouble even applying online. They're having to do it, you know, in the night, things like that to try and get through. So my understanding is they're trying to get back to people, you know, as soon as possible within a couple of days. I, but you know, it's difficult if so many people apply. Yeah. So our, I guess our advice to our listeners are if this has impacted you, if you're a worker, um, you don't want to wait days. You don't want to wait uh, an unreasonable amount of time. If, if you've been unemployed, normally our model is maybe we don't even apply for it. Let's go get another job. 
but in this particular situation, it, it, there may be a backlog, even though they've waived that one week. So if this has happened to you, uh, applying right away is probably key. Is that is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you were telling us some of the things that, that they've done. Uh, you mentioned they, they've waived the one week period. They've waived some of the normal, usual requirements. Um, unemployment charges that go to the employers, which a lot of our workers, uh, professionals out here, maybe they don't realize that when they file and secure unemployment, that there are charges to their employer. Uh, but in this case, you're saying that this bill has removed those charges. So the employers out there, maybe they can breathe a little bit, not feeling as though they're going to get bombarded with all these additional charges for their employees. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so I'll let you go on. What are some of the other things in this, um, you know, that are that are super helpful? Yeah, so there's there's been a, a bill that has been uh, considered and passed and signed by Trump last night uh, called the Corona uh, Virus Aid, Relief and Economic Securities Act. It's called CARES. Um, and it also addresses unemployment as well. So there's updates on that. Of course, when anything is 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 signed and put into law, there's usually a lot of clarifications that are need to be made, and and sometimes the timing and all of that is not yet available. But as far as we know, which has been verified by several attorneys, uh, is that you know people are eligible in addition to what North Carolina is giving them for unemployment, they are eligible for an additional $600, up to $600 per week payment in unemployment for up to four months. Uh, so that is fantastic. I mean, because unemployment doesn't pay a lot. It's usually a maximum of 300 wow. something dollars. Uh, so this will be very helpful to so many people going through hard times. Um, and then it also allows for- and What was-, what was what- what was that dollar amount, Kim? Or was it a percentage or a dollar amount again? So it's up to $600 per week payment on top of whatever you're getting for your North Carolina unemployment. Okay. And so it would be up to four months. And they've also expanded who can get it, right? So, you, you know, W-2 employees, people who are employees are usually the ones who can get this. Now self-employed workers, independent contractors, and those with limited work history um, can also be eligible. And this is huge. This is huge. Um, how, how, how does that, that, that is huge, Kim. I've never heard of that in the history of our country. Um, but, but a lot of small business owners tune into this. We have an exorbitant amount of solopreneurs. Maybe they have five or less total employees, but help me understand a little bit more about what that means, this CARE Act's relevant to, you've got a business owner, um, and most small business owners, Kim, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of them aren't necessarily W-2-ing themselves. Right. And so, so how, how would this, the, the business owner that's listening to us right now, they've got an LLC, they've got an S-Corp, they've got whatever they've got, um, they've got a small business, uh, maybe they're not giving themselves a salary or a pay, they're, they're, they're pulling out of the business when and where and how they need, right? This is this is small business at its core. How is that individual business owner tapping into to these resources and what resources are specifically available to that person? Right. So, they, you know, they're eligible for this $600 of unemployment. Um, wow. And wow. So, so that would just, I mean, you have so many people who are business owners who've been just working for 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, you know, people in the, you know, in the salon industry, they're usually 
uh, you know, 1099 contract workers, you know, working at different salons. And those people, I mean, you know, they had nothing. They've been shut down because of distancy rules and stay home things. So this will be so helpful to help them get through this time. Wow. Now, do they need to, um, the small business owner that's, that's uh, got a plumbing company and it's just him or her uh, or any of these, you know, small business owners, do they need to shut the business down? Because uh, obviously a business that has just one person, the owner, um, that small business owner filing for unemployment essentially is saying uh, there is no work. Um, do they, are they shutting down the company to be eligible for that? Or are they just filing for it as they continue to work and, and obviously see a 60, 70, 80 plus percent loss in revenue due to all this stuff? What's the specifics on that, if you can speak to that? Right. So, you know, I assume it would work the same as as the others, but, you know, uh, as far as reduced work hours and things like that. Uh, but, you know, definitely if they are not working, if they are completely shut down, they would certainly get this. Um, whether the, the North Carolina rules apply, this is from federal okay. um, and this is on top of it. So that'll be, you know, something that will need to be clarified. Gotcha. And, and obviously, this is a very fluid situation. At the time of us doing this show, uh, they have just, just uh, approved the third leg of this package. So obviously, Kim, you're speaking to what you can speak to. And we're all learning. And, and I'm sure people are really appreciative of the information you are passing along. Let me get to this. Uh, is there a lot of other provisions that can help business owners in this act as well? Because we're hearing you, you're kind of going through some of the unemployment opportunities like that, that impact the, the the worker, right? And so these seem huge. Subcontractors now for the first time ever are able to apply. Uh, the one week waiting process is, is gone, you're saying to us. Uh, up to 600 additional dollars to whatever the state is willing to pay uh, over the next four months. These are big benefits for the employee. Uh, are there some other provisions in this that you can speak to for the actual business owner? Maybe they haven't shut down, but they've had to reduce their workforce um, what are some of the other things that keeps them afloat? Right. So there are just countless provisions um, in this uh, aid package. So there are so many things, but a few of the things that I wanted to mention was um, there are a couple different loan options uh, for um, people to get them through this time. Uh, there was an SBA loan that has been uh, announced, you know, a few weeks back. In addition to that, they have passed something called the Paycheck Protection Program, um, and that is for businesses that are less than 500 employees, um, and it's to help them to cover payroll um, and other expenses from February 15th to June 30th. And there's there's supposed to be some loan forgiveness provisions. It's difficult to, to know all the details of that, um, so they'll be probably providing more information on that. But uh, so those are at least two opportunities and uh, of, of things that are going on there for for loans. But there's a lot of things about delay in paying taxes and things like that as well. Okay, so Paytech pr Protection Program, that's kind of a big deal. It's a small business, uh, 500 or less employees touches a significant amount of small businesses, right? I mean, a lot of the small businesses um, in North Carolina and across the country are far less than 500 employees. So this seems like it touches, not everyone, but, but a significant portion of what would be identified as small business. Help me understand what that really means. Uh, these, these loans, are these 
businesses that are needing to go into a normal traditional bank uh, to apply for these loans or to, to capture these loans, or are they going through an SBA only? Um, and then I'll have some follow-up questions relative to the forgiveness portions of it, but how do they go get liquid right now and, and provide liquidity uh, immediately for their business? What's the direction they need to go? Well, uh, so there's, you know, uh, the SBA loan that's been out there for a while. So you can, you know, apply, I think, online for that. The payroll, the Paycheck Protections Program. Uh, my understanding of these programs are going to be rolled out to all of the banks. When that's going to happen and how that's going to happen, you know, is, is to, to, be, to be explained further. But um, I highly recommend, though, going to your local banker, talking to your tax professional, because there's different reasons you can use these things. Uh, and sometimes applying for something could you know, hinder you from applying for something else. Um, there are deferments as well, which is really great um, in some of the payments, but you really need to look at the whole picture and see that everything is available rather than just apply to each thing that comes along and maybe hurt yourself depending on what you exactly need. Okay, great. So the advice is we need, we need desperately to get our tax and CPA professionals involved in this process um, because we don't want to hinder C by doing A and or B. Um, so, so help me understand a little bit more about um, the loan opportunities through the SBA. Is that a long process for business owners that have maybe never done that? A lot of our great business owners, Kim, uh, you know, maybe haven't taken a loan out ever, or maybe they haven't taken a loan out in years since they started the business and the business has been thriving and, and, and they haven't had a need. So they haven't gone through this SBA process. Is that an easy process? What are some expectations that they should, should be ready for? So they go in with, with fresh eyes, with a good understanding and they know the process. Is there something you can speak to that? Well, you know, you certainly need to have, um, so you really just need to look at, at the application itself. And really the best thing is to work with your banker or work with your tax professional to make sure you have all the good information that you need financially to be able to prove the economic impact to your company. Um, and so if people are applying online, they're having lots of problems getting through. So I would wanna make sure I had everything I possibly needed. Um, and all of that is you know, out on the SBA website, which I can share with you, Tyson. So maybe you can share in the comments in the- uh, Sure, sure. So, so let's be really smart about it, I think is the advice, right? We, we probably want our P&Ls. We probably want our balance sheet. We probably want you know, our revenue streams and, and being able to communicate what we make um, and maybe what losses we've already experienced. Um, and our people, do, do you recommend they wait until they feel uh, a financial burden or do you think they should be going in and starting this process because they see what's on the horizon and maybe we haven't seen a massive impact to cash flow and revenue. Maybe we've only seen a 10% loss, but we, we, we don't know what's down the hill and do we want to wait until it gets to a 20, 30, 40% loss? Um, or should we apply earlier? Do we need to wait until we see massive hemorrhaging like that in order to even go apply? Well, I, I would recommend uh, as soon as possible, again, getting with your bankers and your tax professionals and discuss because the money's not going to be there forever. You know, a lot of this, sure. you know, everyone all over the country is experiencing problems, um, but I don't want people to make a rash decision either, you know, to sit down and say, okay, this is where we are. This is where we should be. This is, you know, and make those cost projections with a financial pers um, person to be able to see that. Yeah. 
We're talking with Kim Baker of Baker HR Services, and uh, she's a 25 plus year uh, professional, experienced professional in the human resources space on our guest here, Solutions from the Huddle. Uh, Kim, there's also some income stimulus stuff going on that we're seeing and hearing about where individuals um, are able to get direct payments, it looks like, from the government. Um, I think there's some guidelines as to their earnings that determine how much they get, but this is direct relief uh, to the working force, to the to the folks in our country that are in desperate need. Can you speak a little bit to what some of these direct payments are, what, what some of the parameters are, what some of the amounts are, maybe the, the time period in which uh, our listeners can kind of expect to maybe even receive some of this support? Right, right. So again, this was just, you know, signed last night, but our latest information that we have is that um, there's going to be stimulus checks that will automatically be paid out based on your 2019, if you've already, your income for 2019, or if you've already filed your taxes, or if not, 2018. Um, And it can provide payments um, of somewhere in the range of $1,200 for adults with annual incomes up to $75,000 plus $500 per child. Um, so if you're earning more than $75,000, it would probably be less. Um, and then so the qualifications are, you know, just um, looking at your income and making and that you have a Social Security uh, number on file. And they're looking to say you could get it as early as April. Um, I've also heard about three weeks. They say if you have a bank account on file, it may be faster than the ones coming through the mail. Um, but you can go to www.irs.gov slash coronavirus. Um, there's nothing up there yet, because again, it was just signed last night, but that's where you can kind of look for information about it. There's calculators out there as well, where you can kind of put things in. But the idea is to get the money to people who have who don't have super high incomes to get them the relief. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, we're going to just say a quick thank you to some of our, our show sponsors for their support. We appreciate them. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do the show. So just a quick shout out and thank you to Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, uh, both in Spartanburg and in Pineville, uh, to Rockbox Fitness in Rock Hill, Home to Office Water Solutions, Mobile Smash Rooms, MS Digital Solutions, and CET Computer Repair. Some of our show sponsors, thanks for all that you do to make this show a success. We're talking with Kim Baker of Baker HR Services, a 25-year veteran and professional in the human resources space, talking about all things COVID-19, the impact on Americans, the impact on individuals, the impact on business owners, both small uh, and large. Uh, Kim, we, uh, we appreciate all that you've already poured into us. What are some other questions maybe that we haven't covered? What are, what are the other things that you're getting? Because we know that in the human resources space, you guys are the nucleus, right? The heartbeat and the center of all things relevant to business. So you are getting inundated, I'm sure, with all the different questions, both from employees and employers. What are some other questions that you're getting right now? Right, so earlier this month, um, there was a, a another act that was passed. It's a paid leave mandate in relating to uh, COVID-19. It's called the Families First uh, Coronavirus Act. And it uh, applies to all private employers with fewer than 500 people. People are you know, asking lots of questions. When do I need to pay this? Or do I need to pay it? What situations? 
And again, we're even now, even though it was a couple of weeks ago, I was on a call yesterday, they're still getting clarification on different situations. But, um, but essentially, businesses are required to provide paid leave if someone is unable to work due to a variety of COVID-19 reasons, in addition to any company paid leave. So if they have PTO that they could use, essentially, whatever the guidelines are for the particular reason, the company has to pay that first, and then they can use their PTO. Um, and essentially, employees need to request it. They need to document it for tax purposes because they're going to get some tax kickbacks from this. Um, employers, um, again, should use the paid leave option first. But the employers receive 100% a reimbursement for all this paid leave that they're required to do. And that would actually happen on a quarterly basis is what they're saying. Uh, so when you pay your quarterly taxes, you would uh, get that back. Okay, so businesses that are uh, extending this particular level of funding to their employees, employees request their paid leave, uh, employers are paying them for that, but then the government is going to fully reimb reimburse them during their quarterly tax. And, and if a business isn't paying their taxes quarterly, if they're paying annual taxes, would that be when they would be compensated? I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, and then individuals, you're saying very important, they've, they've got to actually request this. They can't just not come to work and, and expect to get that. They've got to actually request that um, and make sure that it's documented. Uh, and then and then they should expect to see that in whatever the process is that their payroll is through their employer. Right. And so also the employer is required to also notify them about this benefit. There was a, a, a poster just came out this week. So they have to notify all their employees um, by April 1st about this benefit. Okay. Uh, and what if a business, Kim, shuts its doors down before you apply for this? Is this... Yeah. yeah. So so the qualifying reasons are, are, are really have to do with... If you are, um, if you have COVID-19, or you think you might have COVID-19, or you are at risk, all of those things that we had discussed before, or you're caring for an individual or caring for a family member. So, but if the business is closed down uh, temporarily, or the staff is laid off, it doesn't apply because you're not available to work um, in person or telecommuting. So it makes it, you know, not an issue. Gotcha. Okay. Um, many people are asking if my business is closed and, and, and laid off um, my staff, do, do I have to pay according to the paid leave mandate? Um, we get those questions that come in and you're saying that if the business has closed down completely, uh, then, then no, they don't have to pay this because those, those folks couldn't come to work anyway. Is that right? Am, am I right. understanding that right? Right. And so they would be eligible for unemployment. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what if what if someone's just afraid to work? So we understand, I mean, with all the other things that you've discussed, you know, if you have COVID-19, uh, if you're caring for somebody with COVID-19, if the place of business simply because of local and federal mandates are not allowing people to be on property, those are all qualifying reasons for you to apply for this paid sick leave or unemployment or employers to be able to get reimbursed to continue to pay paychecks. But what if the individual just says, it's not that I have COVID-19, I'm not caring for somebody that has COVID-19, 
maybe it's a grocery store worker who they're still open and and they just simply say, I'm just scared. I, I am I am uneasy. I'm uncertain. I don't want to catch this thing. And so it's not that I've got it. There's no ailment. I'm not, there's no one at home I have to take care of. And you haven't told me not to come into work, but I'm just flat out scared. Uh, what do you, what do you say to those people? Right. So, um, so you want to make sure first, you know, have you done everything as an employer to make sure that they are safe? Are you, are you doing the best practices to make sure that they are protected as much as possible. Um, but you know, these are crazy times and it's a very legitimate fear. And so we really recommend um, that, you know, you don't force your employees to come to work, uh, try and reassure them the best they can, make sure there isn't any qualifying reason that they haven't been exposed or, or something. Um, but, you know, we recommend that you allow them to take paid time off if they have paid time off. Um, you can elect, uh, you can also elect to pay them or let them use unpaid leave. Um, but they're not un eligible for unemployment and they're not eligible for the mandated paid leave. Um, so, you know, it's, it's your situation. You can be as generous as you want to. It's, it's difficult times, but um, if you can't reassure them, I wouldn't, you know, hopefully this will pass quickly and they'll be able to return to work and feel comfortable. And if we pay them to not come in, right? They say they legitimately are scared. They don't have any sick time. We don't have any, you know, maybe we've already exhausted their, their paid sick time. Um, we as employers could still elect to pay them. And because we've kept them on payroll, wouldn't that fall in line with some of the fully funded forgiven, you know, loan assistance to, to keep paying employees and keep them on and rather than fire them and lay I them would, off? Yeah, I would believe so. I would believe so. If they're on your payroll, it should be, you know, included that, I would think. Gotcha. Um, okay, so here's a tough question, right? Especially with you being an HR, can, can I or any business owner lay someone off or ask them not to work if we're just scared they could get sick? Like if we're targeting someone, the government and, and medical and science professionals have made it pretty clear that older employees, uh, maybe even pregnant employees, can can maybe be more susceptible, um, or employees with underlying health issues. If if we're targeting some of these people, and and we're not telling the whole staff uh, that they're they're going to need to stay home, can we target certain employees, laying them off or asking them not to come in, or does that breach any any compliance issues? Really, it, it is it is discriminatory, and you can certainly uh, make sure that they've been checking with their doctor to make sure that they are, you know that they aren't high risk. But uh, you can't you can't target those people if they're willing to come to work um, and they and they have no underlying high risk symptoms that their doctor has ordered them to stay home. Um, you cannot, but you can order someone who is not well, who has who says they've been exposed to someone who had COVID nineteen or think they have. Um, those type or someone who's just not well with a cold, you can, you know, we're recommending anybody who is not well of any kind to stay home and not, you know, infect the rest of the population. Are we allowed to ask those questions? I mean, we're not doctors just because we see someone with a sniffly nose. We don't know that that's an allergy or, or a symptom of, of sick. Uh, are we allowed to flat out say, Hey, are, you know, have you experienced any of the symptoms? Uh, of, of general colds or, or some of the symptoms that the government's put out relative to COVID-19, or is that discriminatory? Well, to me, I mean, it doesn't matter. If they are not feeling well, they should be home. 
because 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 we this COVID nineteen is not very clear. It has different symptoms with different people. There's sure. all these these checklists of you know whether it's this this or this. But there has been experience where it's been different. So if anybody doesn't seem well, they should not be at work. Sure. And they would shop you know follow normal protocols. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Hey, listen, this show is brought to you by and powered by Easy Living Technologies. Uh, Collaborative Solutions Group, Speedy Oil Change, Mobile Smash Rooms, and Rockbox Fitness. We appreciate their support. We're talking with Kim Baker of Baker HR Services, a professional in the human resources space. We're talking about COVID-19, the impacts on the American worker, uh, the impacts on the American business owner. And, uh, and, and as we continue this conversation, Kim, are you getting any questions on telecommuting, right? Uh, this has become pretty big now where everyone is having to figure out uh, how, to, how to be more digital and more tech savvy. Uh, what are the questions you get on that? Right, it's so funny, you know, we, but we're so dependent on our computers, but so many people just were just not ready to be full-time telecommuting or remote working from home. And so people had to do this on a dime. So, uh, so we do get questions about that. So they've, you know, sent everybody home. They made sure they had the equipment they needed. And what we're recommending with a lot of uh, people is kind of circling back and thinking through, okay, now that everybody's working and we can function and service our clients, let's put a policy in place. Let's address the little hiccups, you know, let's address, you know, you know, whether they have to work normal business hours or whether they have to follow normal policies or uh, that sort of thing. So I think it's really important and, and the, the equipment they need to use and, and, and how often you need to be checking in. All of those things are really important that you put in. But also I think really it's crazy times and you really need to check in with your people. Um, you know, it's a very different thing working remotely. Yeah. You know, Kim, I oftentimes tell our listeners, uh, I tell my clients, I tell my friends that, that um, long before this particular situation, I've, I've reiterated the great words uh, that are necessity is the mother of innovation, invention and creativity. And when we are forced into something as a people, we are, we are generally more creative and thoughtful and, and we come up with things that are inspiring and wonderful and great. I mean, perhaps the additional hours at home um, and, and time that, that we so desperately say to the world that we don't have any of, right? I mean, I don't have enough time to do that. I'm so busy. There's no way I could do that. Well, we all have been given this gift of a little bit more time, whether it's a gift we wanted to receive or not. And I guess the question is, what are we doing with that time as, as leaders? What are we doing with that time as f folks in the workforce? You know, um, I, I posted this out for a lot of folks to see and read, but Sir Isaac Newton was, uh, was living during a period of human history where everyone was quarantined and there was a sickness and people were told to stay away. And, and it was during that period of time that he did some of his best reading and best learning and best experiments and, and most creative time. It's where he uh, invented more things and, and come to under, understand more things that we recognize him for today. I, I wonder if our business owners are understanding the opportunity that they have to see what's maybe not ready in their business. What could be better? You know, is there a higher level of cleanliness and organization and readiness and, and a prepared spirit uh, that we weren't having before? What would you say to the business owner 
what would you say to the the creative people that, that are listening, that, that are sitting at home and they're thinking, well, what am I going to do now? I've already watched everything on Netflix, right? I've already watched all my favorite TV shows. The DVR is out of stuff. Um, what words would you say to them that allow them to be an even stronger part of human capital tomorrow or, or to have a business that's even more prepared and ready to serve their human capital or to best efficiently utilize their human capital tomorrow than they were the day before we found out about COVID-19. Right. If business owners are experiencing some downtime, this is just a perfect time. So many business owners we work with, they say, I don't have time for this or that. Get those projects going. Make your life easier. Uh, invest in yourself and your mindset. Make sure you're communicating to your people, even while they're on layoff and reaching out to them. You want those people back who are already trained. So reaching out to them, working with uh, professionals. Everybody is offering deals right now to some free for marketing or coaches, having someone look at what you're doing, making it better. Uh, looking at all those things is truly important. It's really a time to be able to focus and, and be prepared for the next wave that's coming because business is going to come back. Yeah, no, I love that. Great words. Thank you. I have just two more questions for you, Kim. I, I, I appreciate you. Um, I know our audience appreciates this. These are, these are really challenging, challenging times. Um, what if somebody, this is a big one. What if someone says that they got sick while they were working for us, right? Uh, what is the compliance issue? What's the legality behind? I've got employees and maybe, you know, we didn't close down, so they're working. And, and, and then they got sick. And they said, I know how I got sick. I got sick because I was working. Uh, I, I got sick from that customer or, or this workspace or I am sick. I've got these issues. And, um, and it happened while I was on the clock. What, what do we do with that? Right. So um, we recommend if you have workers' compensation to call your agent. Uh, what they're recommending that you do is go ahead and file a claim. And then it's going to be sorted out. You know, it's, it's hard to tell, um, you know, where you've gotten things. Um, but that's the recommendation of all my uh, partners out there is to just go ahead and file a workers' complaint, take care of that person, get them home, um, and get things rolling on the workers' comp end. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Just make sure that they're taken care of and things are recorded. And then, you know, the courts sometimes have to do things out. So the, the workers' comp employer uh, costs associated with that if it ends up that it is relevant to COVID-19, then filing that, there's no, there's not gonna be an expense to the business. Is that right? So, you know, anytime, so what we recommend you do is have a conversation with your agent first, instead of just filing one. Uh, okay. So have a conversation with them. It's, you know, they would know better if there's any sort of exemption for workers comp like there is for other things. Typically with workers comp, it's gonna hit you. It's gonna hit your, your premiums in the future and your ratings. But um, that's what they're recommending people to do is to contact their agent and they will decide to help you file or not. I love it. Kim, here's the last question. Give us some parting thoughts. You've got 25 years of experience. You were doing this, supporting and helping business owners, supporting and helping workers, supporting professional people uh, through a few crises. Um, there's been some other uh, epidemics and, 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 and health issues, right? There's been some other viruses over the last 25 years. There's been 
um, housing market crashes and the impact that made to economics and, and business owners. It's not your first time that you have weathered these storms. Uh, what are some parting thoughts you can give our listeners with your experience? So I would, I would just say, you know, these are crazy times and some people are, are devastated by it, but I've also seen wonderful things where people have risen to the occasion, been generous, have been innovative, who have um, really pivoted and really made a difference in this world and with their employees. Um, and so I challenge you to try and find those things, those uh, aspects where you can innovate, make yourself better, um, and go the next mile. Um, you know, there's so many experts out there that are willing to help right now in this tragedy, in this hard time. But I know that small businesses and entrepreneurs, they're going to overcome. They're the most amazing people we know. Their grit, their perseverance, their creativity and work ethic is like none other. And being in, you know, business owners ourselves is one of the best things that I've ever done. And, and I wouldn't change it for anything. But I'm looking forward to the stories on the other side uh, of how we've overcome, how, how we've changed, how we've gotten better. And I just want to encourage everybody to hang in there. Help is on the way. Uh, lots of initiatives in place to help you in the meantime. And um, just go on and be the awesome people that you are. I love that. I love that. Uh, we encourage our listeners, our business owners, our professionals, listen, if anyone needs HR help, you can reach uh, out to Kim directly at Kim at BakerServices.com. You can learn more about Baker Services as a company by simply going to www.BakerServices.com and, uh, and see all of the great services that Kim and her team offers there. Again, when you need HR services, make sure that you point your attention to Kim. Uh, at bakerservices.com. That's where you can reach out to her directly and learn more about what she's doing and how she can serve you in your business. Kim, thank you so much for being a part of this show. We appreciate the value that you've added. We hope that you have a wonderful and blessed rest of your day. And for all of our listeners out there, uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Solution from the Huddle. We'll continue to support you, educate you, and motivate you and inspire you. Uh, this is Titus Bartolotta, Solution from the Huddle. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Hi, Titus. Yes, Kim. Uh, it's BakerHRServices.com. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for catching that. Baker, uh, BakerHRServices.com. Kim at BakerHRServices.com. Did we get the website right, Kim? www.BakerHRServices.com. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much for letting me be here today. I, it's an honor. I appreciate it. We love it. Take care. We'll talk to everybody later. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to continue to support this show and be a part of our community, just simply subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any of the podcast channels from iHeartRadio to Apple to Spotify. We just want you to be a part of this personal development and professional growth community. Search Solutions from the Huddle, and we hope to have you back next time. Thanks so much.